This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The Golden Edge Podcast is sponsored by SDN Sports from Station Casinos. SDN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. Sign up today and get a new sign-up bonus of up to $50. What's up, hockey fans? This is the Golden Edge Podcast, the podcast for the Las Vegas Review Journal. Talks about hockey. Uh, I'm Ben Goetz. I'm here with my good colleague, David Shane, and we are here with a very special guest. It is a very special day here uh, as we're recording this Wednesday at City National Arena because we have Chandler Stevenson here with us. Chandler, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, no problem. Just before we get started, quick reminder to check out all our coverage at ReviewJournal.com. There may or may not be some Chandler Stevenson stories on there and you know, like, rate, subscribe, whatever you do with podcasts to this podcast. Uh, so Chandler, we're talking a little bit about this off air before we started. You've been in with the Knights about two and a half months now. Uh, what's the adjustment to a new team and a new city been like for you? Uh, it's been good. I mean, uh, great, actually. I mean, everybody's been so welcoming. Um, fans, um, um, you know, teammates, staff, everything's been awesome. You know, it's uh, couldn't have asked for anything better. And um, yeah, it's been such a smooth transition. You've been able to get out and enjoy Vegas uh, at all? Any favorite spots or anything to do so far? Yeah, yeah. Nope, been out. Uh, usually dinner. Uh, we'll head down to the Strip and go for a nice dinner. But uh, absinthe, that was fun. Uh, heard a lot about it, so I had to check it out. And um, yeah, no, that was a lot of fun. And then catch maybe favorite restaurant okay yeah for any kind of sushi yeah you into like hiking things like that going up to like red rock and all yeah or? yeah we've yeah. been to red rock uh me and my girlfriend take our dog up there and buzz around and mount charleston and there's i mean there's so much to do i feel like we haven't we've done a lot but we also haven't done anything because there's so much we're definitely going to circle back to the dog because i have several questions as a new dog owner um but first of all we'll start off with uh like i said we're recording this on wednesday Monday, you did play your former team. Did was that one circled on the calendar at all? Uh, yes and no. Um, it was just nice to see the guys and um, you know, kind of catch up and uh, see how they were doing. But yeah, no, that was a special game. I mean, it was a weird one for sure. Um, didn't know what to expect, and just the whole game was kind of I don't know, like a a haze kind of the whole game because it would didn't really feel like I was playing a game because it was uh against my old team and a lot of old guys and but it was all good fun you know seeing them and uh laughing with them and joking with each other on the ice were there any uh you know any bragging done uh, after that game based on the fact of the result (laughs) no no they uh were gone pretty quick so just said my goodbyes and uh yeah i'm sure i'll be in touch with a lot of those guys so i'd like to have you go back to the trade itself and in that day i think people don't quite get the 
the full scope of what goes into, you know, the day and what happens when when somebody gets traded. So for you, can you kind of go back and and maybe explain for 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 the listeners just what a whirlwind that was? I think you actually literally said that you asked Radko Gudis, like, well, what what happens next? Did you? Yeah, like, yeah, we no were just idea. grabbing a morning coffee before practice, and uh, yeah, I got the call, and um, I mean, I got to process it a little bit just uh, because I was there for the whole day in San Jose. Um, it wasn't, you know, my flight was in an hour or anything like that. So um, took a while to process and just kind of think of, you know, everything that happens and goes on. And um, yeah, I just talked with family and kind of let them know. And uh, there's just a lot of mixed mixed emotions. And um, but, you know, it was kind of good emotions. Um, you know, everybody was very excited and, um, you know, it's only a flight away. So uh, that made it really easy for family and stuff. Yeah, it was a kind of a weird like cross country, I guess, flight for you because you were in California with the Capitals. So you were traded to a West Coast team that was not on the West Coast by an East Coast team that was not on the East Coast. Is that a little little funky for you? Yeah, it was I think our second day, second or third day being on the West Coast. So I went East Coast to West Coast, back to East Coast, back to West Coast and body was a little thrown off with the time changes and stuff. But, um, you know, with everything that Vegas did with, you know, moving and getting us all settled and um, everything. It was such a smooth transition that, um, you know, it wasn't nearly as bad as what I thought it was going to be just with moving everything and uh, getting to know the guys. And I mean, it's a whole new team, whole new start. So, um, you know, everybody is very, very welcoming and uh, just made everything so easy. Yeah. So what is it kind of like to kind of keep going with the human side of things to walk into a new locker room where I assume, you know, most jobs you maybe slap on a name tag, but uh, I'm sure it's a little different when you walk into a new locker room and all of a sudden have to get adjusted really quickly to a new group of guys and a new team. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, with having uh, Naber and Schmidty, that helped a lot. Just, you know, having some familiar face and just kind of how things go and talking with them and just kind of getting into the routine of everything and, um, you know, even just down to warm-ups before a game, you know, not knowing where guys are, what their routine is, or their superstitions and things like that. So first few warm-ups just kind of didn't really do anything, shot a couple pucks and just kind of observed and see what everybody does so you're not in the way. So we saw at practice, there was a couple Capitals fans the other day that were hoping to get a jersey signed, but I'm kind of curious more in terms of the locker room, how much maybe side-eye you got from, (laughs) you know, your now teammates and things about the Cup, even though... There was a year in between, but uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, not much. I think there was, uh, you know, a little more glaring at the fans and at me, but um, yeah, no, it was. Uh, I mean, it's nice to see just you know, any fan be kind of anywhere, whether it's Washington or Vegas. You know, they travel so much and you know, put so much love behind the game that um, you know, I, I wasn't really thinking anything like that, or um, but yeah, no, it's obviously uh you know, something special. Did scoring help in your, in your first game? Just kind of, yeah, you know, just, ease, ease everything. Yeah. That was just kind of the cherry on top for everything. And, um, you know, it was quite the day that day and, uh, I wasn't really expecting much that game. Um, just for, you know, being up for 24 hours and on a red eye and all that and with a new team and playing. And it was just such a whirlwind that, you know, to get that one and just to, you know, kind of get it off your chest, uh, was special. Yeah, and obviously since then you've contributed a lot to the Knights. Uh, Pete DeBoer said something interesting the other day that you were a guy that, I mean, had a clear NHL skill set. I mean, everyone talks about your speed and stuff like that and that you maybe just needed a 
a fresh start and kind of a change of scenery to kind of get something going. Is that how the trade was presented to you? Uh, a little bit, yeah. I think that, uh, you know, I have played with everybody on the team just about. So, um, you know, that just kind of helps with, you know, knowing one another and knowing their style of play and, um, you know, playing with Patch and Stoney, that was, you know, a lot of fun. Uh, two elite forwards and, um, you know, they helped me get my confidence back and um, just helped me, you know, find my game. And um, it was just, yeah, a lot of fun to play with them. I'll ask you a little bit, you know, about this season, but I want to go back um, to your time with the Capitals and, and especially that Stanley Cup season because you were waived at the start of that season. And obviously, I'm assuming it finished, uh, you know, the way that you would have liked. But what was that process like? And and just, you know, you, you were quoted as saying you were bitter at the time. How how difficult, I guess, was that? And then to have it, you know, end up the way that it did that season. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty uh, crazy year for sure with obviously uh, uh, out of camp, going to the minors. And then uh, I think I played five or six games and then was back and... Um, was there the rest of the year. So, um, I mean, obviously no player likes going through that. Um, you know, you obviously, that's your dream. Uh, once you kind of start falling in love with hockey and being a hockey player, you want to play in the NHL. So, um, you know, that's something that obviously any guy would be bitter upset about, but, um, you know, I just got to stick with it and, um, yeah, to, I mean, have the year play out how it did. I would have never guessed that. Um, and still to this day, it's kind of we talk about it and uh, with family and stuff like just how crazy the year was and how it finished. And, um, you know, it was a whirlwind of emotions. And um, that year was just kind of like a blur, like it even through playoffs and everything like that. It uh, it just seemed, you know, um, like such a blur, like you don't even remember certain big situations that happen uh, because the next one happened or you're thinking about the last one. And um, yeah, it's just, it was such a crazy experience that, you know, you wish that you had everything on video, you could watch it and kind of relive and be like, oh yeah, that happened. Ever see an untucked button down? They look bad. Why? Well, because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, untucked shirts always fall at that perfect untucked length. With more than 50 fit combinations, untucked shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. Like, I'm 6'5", so it's hard to find shirts that fit me well and then also kind of fall at that perfect length when I'm trying to go untucked. Now, with Untuck It, you can choose from styles like wrinkle-free button-downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With Untuck It, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big again. And their website is so easy to use. They even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit UntuckIt.com and use code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T.com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. Yeah, I want to bring up uh, something specific that happened after you guys won the cup. Uh, can you tell the listeners what you did with your day with the Stanley Cup that summer? Uh, yeah, I took it to Humboldt, uh, Saskatchewan, just um, you know, just kind of end of the season, start of playoffs. That uh, horrible incident with the bus, and um, I knew uh, two guys on the team um, that were survivors, but 
um you know it was just something that uh i wanted to do and it was you know it was quite the day it was uh a lot of emotion obviously but um it was the first time uh since it's that you know families and billet families and stuff had seen each other so um that's kind of the whole was the whole goal behind the day was to just get everybody together and kind of um more of a memory of remembering the lives that were lost and uh just kind of trying to do our part as much as we could but um you know obviously nothing can replace a life but uh we just wanted to help out as much as we could i was just going to ask it you know in terms of what impact do you think that had on the community maybe how it how to help them i guess in the healing process um yeah i think it was just i mean the, the nhlpa did it up really well they had the whole hall of fame archives there and um a lot of kids and families and stuff were there just looking at old sticks gloves skates jerseys kind of they had the whole shebang there so um i think it was um you know in the end it was uh exactly how i kind of wanted the day to play out just with um you know everybody getting a picture and seeing it and touching the cup or whatever and just being together i think that uh that was one of the biggest things just to try to get everybody together and um to just if they needed to uh, you know smile and laugh and uh you know cry i think that it was just kind of something that uh just brought everybody together again you know how much i guess did that affect your guy who obviously grew up in saskatchewan and i assume probably grew up with a hockey stick always nearby so i mean did that kind of i guess affect you too knowing that a lot of those guys you know could have been you just a couple years earlier yeah and especially with uh with junior you know you're always traveling on the bus that's kind of how you make your rounds through the road and uh yeah i mean it's it's uh i mean it's such a freak accident too at the same time but um yeah it's something that you know you never think of or think should happen or can happen especially in um such a small province like saskatchewan um you know it's that's kind of how everybody grows up that loves hockey and plays hockey that you know you're go through junior and you're on the bus and you're traveling and things like that and that's kind of the last thing that uh anybody thinks of so you you kind of touch on this maybe it's a good transition into how you got into into the sport and things like that as a, as a kid, I would imagine everybody's probably playing in, in your neighborhood, but what was it like for you, uh, starting out, I guess, as a hockey player? Uh, it was, I mean, 24 seven. Um, I have an older brother that, uh, he started playing and, um, you know, I just wanted to be like my older brother. So I started playing and yeah, we were playing street hockey and rollerblading and stuff around when we were three and, um, just going to the outdoor rinks in the winter time. It was just kind of any time we could and in our basement, our basement wasn't developed. So we were firing pucks down there and just kind of anywhere we could, that's kind of where we would kind of migrate to like time of the year. Did I hear this right? Did you grow up next to one of your assistant coaches at the Capitals or was a future assistant coach with the Capitals? Uh, yeah, Lane Lambert now with uh, the Islanders. Um, I was, I mean, I didn't, my parents had to tell me that. I was too young to remember but yeah he was on the uh the corner and uh i kind of just found that out too when everybody started talking about it and uh i didn't know prior to but i think he was still playing when he lived there so he was kind of in and out with you know the season and how it all goes so we if you read about chandler stevenson there's a story that your parents had to tell you to uh shoot more is that correct i believe it was pass more or pass more uh shoot more yeah when i was little um yeah, growing up, 
I just, I don't know. It was just kind of what they wanted to embed in me to just kind of be a good teammate and um, just try to help out as help out your line mates and teammates as much as you could. But I mean, I didn't understand it, obviously. Uh, that's why they were telling me I was, I think five or six at the time and just kind of first organized uh, year of hockey for me. And yeah, it was just something that they kind of said. And then I guess it just kind of got embedded in me. And, um, you know, at times I think it's a little bit of a fault, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you want to try to grow your game as much as you can. You don't want to be kind of just one specific thing. Um, so I think that that was a good thing. Uh, maybe some people might look at it as a negative thing, but um, yeah, I think it's a positive for sure. Something you carry with you though, to this day, I could did, I guess maybe how did it help shape you as a player? Maybe that's the question. I think just kind of trying to be an all around player, um, try to, you know, have a good shot and also try to make a play at the same time. Um, I think anybody, you know, in the league or um, today that's, you know, an all-star, you look at anybody that uh, is top of the league that, you know, they, they have it all. So um, I don't think it's, you know, one specific thing that makes a player great. It's uh, just kind of all around game. That's kind of, yeah, interesting you pointed that out because you're a guy who's obviously got a lot of versatility. You can play center or wing. You're on the power play right now. You're on the penalty kill. I guess how much pride do you take in kind of being able to fit into almost any situation uh, the game can throw at you? Yeah, and that's, you know, something that, uh, yeah, like you said, I take pride in and um, just to have the, you know, that confidence and trust in the coaching staff to be able to put me in those different situations um, just helps as well, um, you know, with starting out on the fourth line and just kind of being all around and wing and center and hopefully don't have to play D. But, uh, yeah, I think that... Um, it's just something that, you know, it's obviously nice to feel that from the team. You know, it's only my 30 games or whatever, but um, to just feel that, you know, trust and stuff from the coaching staff helps. You don't want to reverse John Merrill it? <laughs> no, I mean, he's he's obviously one of those guys that um, you just any anything, you know, whether it's a basketball, football, he's just, you know, very athletic. So uh, that, yeah, didn't surprise me when he went from D to forward. Your game seemed to take off here when you were playing center. Do you have a preference? I guess maybe between center and wing? Uh, a little bit. I kind of like center a little more. Um, I feel like you're just kind of more involved in the whole game. You know, you're kind of all over the place, a little bit of a rover. But um, wing's also fun too. Um, you know, uh, it just kind of up and down more i think which which is nice um you know just kind of straight lines whereas center you know you gotta kind of turn your brain on a little more um but uh yeah it, it, in the end it doesn't really matter i'm not upset if i'm on wing and want to be center or anything like that yeah, is there a big adjustment between the two or do you kind of are you kind of used to that transition by now yeah at, at, at first um i was it was i mean i hadn't played wing in four or five years so um, that was a little bit of a transition just to, you know, you don't want to be exposed or in the wrong spot, but, um, now it's kind of almost just natural, especially with, uh, the new system that we run, uh, wingers will play low and act as a center and center will have to play wings. So it's just kind of, everybody is going to, I think eventually be used to it. And I mean, is used to it now, but, 
um, it just kind of, yeah, fluent. What has it been like this season for you just in terms of the on-ice production and things? You know, you look at career points and things like that, like we always do, and I think it was like 18 coming in. You did that in like 30 games or something like that here. What what has it been like, I guess, just to see the puck go in as much, to to see the production, maybe everything you kind of had been waiting to to happen for, for your career probably, yes? Yeah, and I think that that was just, um, you know, with – coming here and uh, being given the opportunity to, um, you know, find my game and um, to find my, you know, confidence and stuff like that. That was just the biggest thing is uh, coming here and just kind of getting the minutes that I played uh, and still get. It's just, you just feel good. And um, I think that that was the biggest thing is that uh, just the consistency with playing and um, the minutes and stuff. And then obviously, uh, you know, playing with Pat and Stoney, that helps a lot. And uh, now with Eeks and uh, was Tucky, was Glasser, and um, not sure who it'll be tomorrow. But, um, yeah, it's just nice to kind of have that, um, you know, consistency with your line mates and uh, just confidence with one another. So a big part of that production has been, I think you've missed like one breakaway since you joined the team. Obviously, one, it's a good thing that you're getting quite a few breakaways, but I guess, do you have a, a technique or a thought process of what happens when you're kind of skating in alone on a goalie? Uh, not necessarily. Um, you know, that's uh, there's so much video now that you watch and certain things that, um, you know, it's nice to have a scout on the goalie and just to see, you know, certain things and stuff like that. So um, I think that that just helps with, uh, you know, just how hands-on, you know, the staff is and stuff to, you know, help us with that and um that's kind of usually what i look at before a game and then i mean you kind of have your go-to's that you like to stick with and um you know you want to try to open that up as much as you can you know you don't only have one specific move and then you're kind of known for that and then the goalie's already reading it before you even do it so are you like put me in coach on the shootout i'm ready here like, <laughs> give me that lineup uh that's a lot of pressure um i don't know the shootouts are a little bit different than breakaways, I think, um, especially uh, if it's a deciding shot or anything like that. A um, little more nerve-wracking, I feel, in a shootout. But, um, yeah, I think it'd be nice to, you know, try one here and there. All right, and then we'll get back to it to kind of close out here. Uh, mentioned you have a dog, so she's enjoying the uh, outdoors here? Oh, uh, boy, yeah. Boy, yeah, he loves it. Yeah, he loves outside. He just lays out there, um, not even, you know, running around or chasing anything just like slaying outside and uh taking in the sun i feel like i would be remiss if i did not ask are there any golden knight dog play dates happening uh yeah quite a few i mean there's so many dogs on the team that um you know it's nice to rather than you know you playing fetch or whatever you just kind of take them to somebody's house and they just kind of wrestle for an hour or two and they're good for the day they're tired and uh that's what we uh usually get together and do and i mean the wives and the girlfriends they do the same thing they go on the hikes and all that kind of stuff what, what kind is he uh he's a black lab mix but um we haven't fully got him dna tested i want to see um i think he has a little bit of hound in him but uh yeah we we rescued him in from washington and uh yeah he's been awesome i i've always wanted a dog when i was little and uh never could get one and uh, now that my girlfriend's here living with me, it's nice because we could get one and she looks after him a lot and when we go on the road.
No, that's awesome. Well, uh, that's all we got. Chandler, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to stop and chat with us. Really appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Remember to check out all our night's coverage at reviewjournal.com. Make sure to like, subscribe, whatever you do with podcasts with the Golden Edge podcast. I'm Ben Goats. That was Dave Shane and special guest Chandler Stevenson. We'll talk to you guys again real soon. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.